I can. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How's the uh, how's the sound quality coming through? Do I need to to move the mic closer? It is perfect, actually. So whatever you're doing, don't change it. All right, perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 you think you're good? Go ahead. Okay, no, I'll I'll listen to podcasts sometimes, and uh, I listen to not a lot of podcasts, but I listen to the podcasts I did do listen to. I listen to them a lot, and sometimes I'll try new ones. But oh my god, it's so annoying when you try to turn up the volume whether you're listening on headphones on your phone or in the car you're at max volume and you can like still barely hear like one of the people it's like oh my god <laughs> uh yeah it does happen from time to time um but i try to i try to edit it as best i can so that okay. doesn't happen but it doesn't always doesn't always okay. do as well as I'd hope. Uh, lately, it's been good though. But I'm actually recording on a new computer today, so oh, awesome. we'll see how this works. What made you uh, switch to this one? Uh, this is actually the computer I built for. Um, what did I build this thing for? Oh, for uh, my sim rig. Oh, look at you! Okay, and, uh, the sim rig don't get used as much, but I, this this will support like the podcast and the sim rig because I don't really do anything outside of. I didn't really need a dedicated sim rig setup. Okay, okay. So it's good. It'll support both. It's not like I have, you know, my sim rig doesn't have all those fancy hydraulics and shit. So this is going to work okay. just fine. Okay. But, all right. Awesome. Oh, shit. Too much. Okay. Uh, without getting too far into it, I'll let you go ahead and start. Uh, you can introduce yourself, who you are, what you drive, and where you drive it, and everything you do. Sure. Um if I uh, I'm a talker, so if I start to run on, feel free to insert a question in there. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, go ahead. Like, all right, all right, we we get it, we get it, Lionel. We no, you're you're good, it. man. You're okay, good. all right. Well, hello everybody. Uh, my name is Lionel Bell. Um, I appreciate you sitting down with us. Whenever I listen to a podcast, like it's almost like whoever's talking or whoever the guests are, it's like I'm kicking it with them too. So I appreciate you guys listening too. Um, but yeah, my name is Lionel Bell. I drive currently a 2015 GT86, um, the Scion version, not the Subaru version. The uh, Scion version actually comes with a little bit stiffer suspension, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit less bells and whistles, but I love it, dude. I absolutely love it. I uh, got a little bit of inspiration. So... Let me let me go back in the story a little bit. So I actually Let, started. Let's, uh, let's get you introduced first with who you are and where you're from. <laughs> okay, okay, my <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, my name is Lionel Bell. Uh, I drive a, a Scion FRS slash GT86. If you want to be a cool guy, I'm from Northern California, uh, Sacramento to be exact. Um, I run Guided Pilot Motorsports. The reason I started it was because I wanted to lower the barrier of entry. When it comes to drifting, it seems like it's raised pretty high the last few years. So I just wanted to create something to provide resources, you know, mentorship, uh, you know, drift school type guidance and just try to do good in the community. You know what I mean? Especially for people who are getting started. So essentially a guided point is kind of like a beginner's go-to situation for somebody who wants to get into drifting. Yes. So guided pilot is... Okay, so people start drifting uh, in various different ways. They find it different ways, um, but especially if you come to the track, 
either mm-hmm. you've heard about it and, you know, I've heard people, you know, they'll Google search and they'll find events and they'll find dates. Um, or, you know, if you're fortunate, you actually have friends or acquaintances that already do it and they can kind of, you know, hold your hand and guide you through everything. But uh, a lot of people just come to the track on their own and start and they don't know anybody. And what's unfortunate is we may not remember this time, but there was a time where we were brand new and depending on the event and the level of driving, you see the guys driving and either A, you're like, you know what? I can do this. I got this. (laughs) Or B, you're like, oh my God, they're so good. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, stalling in line or stalling just because of the nerves or, you know, you just don't know what to do. And, you know, for the overconfident people that got it, they'll, you know, maybe try to keep up with everybody else just because of, you know, that ego. And, you know, it's your first time and you don't want to look different than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So we'll be a little overconfident. And we saw this a lot with the Tokyo Drift generation. Uh, me. They, 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 well, me too, right? But uh, <laughs> they'll they'll crash their car, and you make a mistake, and everybody see, and then you don't want to do it anymore. So I didn't see um, their drift schools, but I didn't see anything that was really um, priced reasonably, and it was kind of like a community where not only do you come in and you get help, mm-hmm. you know, and you get guidance, but there's also people coming in at your same level so you can relate to them and make friends with them and see them at other events and stuff and be like oh yeah i remember you from you know the guided pilot events so yeah um so it's essentially it's like a it's like a group beginners situation not saying that every event you throw is but it is uh uh, promoted for a a group beginner class situation yes gotcha okay that's yes 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 um we do a bunch of other stuff too um, that's what I figured. But that's uh that's the focus, you know what I mean? We all try to we all I don't know how you are, but I'm a very creative person, so I'll have a million and one ideas, but if you try to, you know, water a million and one plants with a single drop, nothing's gonna grow. So you kinda gotta start somewhere. You know what I mean? And just focus on that. Yeah, I'm one of those with the million ideas and half asses through all of them, and then wonders <laughs> why none of them pan out. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, no, it's hard. Uh, yeah, that that whole growing to thing together. Uh, I don't know if I, I haven't heard the term in a while, but uh, I remember a lot of people would complain about how uh, I'm using air quotes here. Clicky, the drifting scene. Oh, was. don't get me started on that. And, and I feel like people don't understand. Like that's how it works you go somewhere you meet someone you see a familiar face and eventually you s- start talking to each other and then you yeah. end up clicking together yes it's a very straightforward concept and people just get so bummed out about it yeah yeah and uh what happens is i when did you start drifting like when was your your first drift event or you whether you drove or you attended i think my first my first attended event was 2015 for um, Long Beach. Oh, and wow. And the first time I actually drove wasn't until 2016 at uh, Grange. Okay. Well, you, you got into it pretty quickly. You got hooked. Um, I remember I started, I think the first event I attended was 
Wednesday night drift at Sonoma Raceway. So I'm not sure if I don't think they they don't still do the Thursday night drift at uh, at Irwindale, do they down in SoCal? No, they they've done it. When I first got into it in 2015, they did it. Um, okay. But then it was kind of spotty after that. And but they haven't uh, done it in a few years, actually. Oh, unfortunate. Well, Sonoma, I think they started putting on events, and I don't want to misquote the exact year, but it was either 2009 or 2010, I believe. And for mm-hmm. people, you know, around the world or you know around the country or even in SoCal, uh, Sonoma Raceway is kind of one of our bigger local tracks and it's in sonoma california you guys and are a nascar they, track aren't you or isn't it a nascar track they do a bunch of stuff so they do nascar um i think they do some motorcycle stuff too uh but they have a huge drag racing um following as well even uh uh, uh race wars came uh 2022 and it was it was huge it was huge but um the the first event that I attended was Wednesday Night Drift. And it's not throughout the whole year. I believe it starts around March Just time. Seasonal, and, right? Thing? Uh, it's for most it's for a majority of the year. So gotcha. it starts around March and I believe it goes till around November time. And then usually December is winter jam. Gotcha. Uh, which a lot of people are familiar with. But yeah. I uh that was that was my first time. Luckily, I didn't go by myself. Uh, I was going to car meets, and uh, I was the guy who uh, – I don't know if you've had this experience or if anybody else has had this experience, but uh, a lot of my car buddies, they weren't – not only were they not into drifting, but they weren't really into um, – cars as deeply or as passionately as i was it was always just talk about like they were much more on like the mild mild enthusiast side of things so i went to my first car meet and uh started going and i met some drift guys and they were like you've never heard of sonoma raceway i was like no what is that they're like you're coming with us next week let's go nice um (laughs) and i was one of those people who I don't want to say I was overconfident, but I grew up playing, you know, Midnight Club and Need for Speed and and uh, uh, game like video games like that. So I had this reality in my mind of what drifting was, and ah, it's not that hard. Until I went to that Wednesday night drift, dude, and uh, one of my buddies put me in the car with Julian Dumay. He's a pretty uh, he drives an S12, and I think he has like a uh, uh, E36 BMW chassis as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh my God, I, uh, he was one of the better guys, one of like the top level drivers. So they g- gave me a helmet, put, him, put me in the car with him, and it was just pure violence. And it was so fast. And I'm just like, uh, I, <laughs> I might need to practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a little, this is a little intense. Um, but I think back to the original point, the original question is, uh, it's not easy to get to that level. And when you show up at the track, you don't know anything. You may not know drifting at all. You may have, you know, kind of like me, you may have your own idea of what it is in your head and it can get overwhelming really fast. So we try to get in front of people and we try to, uh, 
you know, just give them a place. And one of the things I have uh, in my uh, – so we do a driver's meeting, but also beforehand I give them like a little driver's handbook because, you know, I never – you assume like people – know not to wear like flip-flops or just things that we know naturally but i created a, a like a little handbook for people oh, okay. and uh, one of the things i wanted to it was important for me to include in there was we're we're not doing the clicky smug anything and you'll you'll have that perception i feel like kind of like you're saying but then you start talking to people yeah <laughs> but i've uh, i've i've seen stuff man where people real really just be weird and i think the reason why i asked you when you got in is uh that first wednesday night drift was 2013 uh-huh. and i feel like 10 years ago um i don't want to say it was a different drift scene but it wasn't as blown up and it was still a lot more community based and it still very much is um but i feel like fast forward 10 years later i don't know if you've had this experience but there will be people that just like they don't it's just like are like all right dude like it and i i didn't want that you know what i mean uh, but to anybody who does go to their first event most people are cool just go up talk to them ask for a ride along ask for help and uh you know just kind of hang out we're all kind of like one most of us were we're kind of like one big family that's how i how i like to think about it yeah and and i think people also often forget that uh, people are individuals as well. So not everyone is an outgoing person, and then you just got to understand that too. I, I, speaking as an introvert myself, I'm not one to like just go up to random people and start talking to them at the racetrack. It took gotcha. me years to do that. Gotcha. So I, I get, I get it, but like I don't have a clique that I hang out with. I know people I see at the track and I say hello, but I'm not. We're not like. There's not like a click that's going on that I'm a part of. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not my thing. Yeah. Um, that's good, dude. I, I, I wish there was more of that. I think uh, one thing I always like to do because uh, what I've noticed. So 2022, I tried to. So started guided pilot uh, towards the end of 2021, mm-hmm. um, but I really wanted to go out before I, you know, bring forth a product or a service or anything like that, just from a business perspective, I kind of wanted to go around to people, just kick it, you know, at an event, whether I was driving or not, and just kind of look and see who was struggling, you know, offer them help, offer them pointers. Uh, So I did a lot of that in 2022. I did a lot of it. So I'd go to different events. Mm -hmm. And even if it was at the same venue like uh another huge huge venue up here in norcal is a uh, thunderhill raceway um with thunderhill raceway kind of like grange uh you can rent the skid pad or or rent the full track or whatever so there's a whole bunch of different organizers within that so sometimes i'd be at an event where i already knew some drivers and you know i knew who needed help but then i'd be at an event where i didn't know anybody and one of the things that I did was I would get there early and, you know, people would get there, they're unloading their cars and, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're getting set up, putting up their canopies and everything. I'll just go around and I'll just say, hi, be like, Hey man, what's up? What are you driving? Oh, how do you like it? Like, I'll just, 
it's people love to talk about themselves. So if anybody else listening is more of like introverted and, you know, they don't, you know, they don't really know how to go about it. People love talking about themselves. So just go to them, say what's up, ask them about their car, how long you've been driving, where are you from, all that good stuff. And it's usually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, how, how long ago did you get into it, you said? So I, my very, very first event that I, I, I watched at the Sonoma was like either 2012, 2013. And then uh, – I started driving my very, very, very first event, uh, just an S13 with some coilovers and a welded diff and stock everything else. I think it was 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, right before I got it. Hey, do, you go, do you go to, like, uh, FD events at all or you're not into the FD thing? Um, It's not that I'm not into it. It's just... FD actually, back in the day, I can't remember what year because it was a little bit before my time, but FD put on um, an event or two at Sonoma Raceway. Correct. I, I don't know if it was one year or like a few years, but that was a little bit before my time. Um, any FD event I go to is either going to be, you know, is going to be Irwindale or it's going to be, you know, up north, up in uh, at Evergreen, I believe. And where I'm at now in my life, 29 years old, I'm just trying to build. So most of my time is, you know, spent working or family or I'm doing guided pilot stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first FD event I did go to, though, was 2013 or 2012. I can't remember. And oh, my God, it was a blast. It was a blast. Um, I really want to get out to the Hot Pit Auto Fest events. Those look pretty interesting. I didn't go to any a single one of those last year. Uh, I wanted even... to, but I never made. I just never got myself in the car and went. Uh, okay, I need to go down there. Well, I really like what those guys are doing over there, um, both from an organizer standpoint mm. and you know, a marketing standpoint and, and, you know, just the community and what they're putting out. And I think, uh, they had, uh, I haven't been, but like I follow the Instagram. They had, uh, that guy, Gary, I think his name's Gary, like King anytime. He's got that like green R34. I think they had him there and he was like announcing. I'm like, dude, that's dope. I need to, I need to get down there. I need to get down there. I would go to more FD events. Um, they were actually supposed to come back to Sonoma I do remember that. They were supposed to yeah. come back. I was like on their tentative yeah. schedule they released it and then something I don't remember what happened. Was it was it uh, uh I can tell you what happened. Was it Rona? Yes. I think okay, that's what I thought it was. That's what happened. So That's right, it's supposed to be for twenty twenty they were supposed to go back. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people were excited. And and they it's they do the shootouts there anyway for Winter Jam. Um, and just recently, I think recently as of, uh, 2020, 2021, I believe, don't quote me. Um, they actually put the standard run up. So what I was told by the formula D judges that were judging the shootout was, um, for every track of formula D round, Mm -hmm. they have the same, um, run up even for like atlanta i guess because that's like a pretty pretty long stretch 
But uh, back back in the day, uh, Winter Jam, because I think Winter Jam has been going on for a while. When I came into the drift scene, it had already been happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot smaller. There was no shootouts, and it wasn't as big as it as it was today. But I say all that to say is they used to start the start line from like a lot further back. So watching it today, you think there's some like if you go to Winter Jam and you watch the uh, usually they do it on Sunday and you watch the uh, the shootout for the FD license. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually shortened it like a little bit so the run up is a little shorter but the entries are still fast but like back back in the day they had it moved back and oh my god <laughs> whoo that it, it was crazy it was crazy to watch it was it was fun i loved it i want uh, i was about to say i wonder if they changed it because of how fast the cars have gotten even at the prime level but when you mentioned that they um they changed it a while ago and they were already going fast kind of yeah. threw that out the window was like uh there was there was the end year there was a a a guy from norcal uh i'm gonna butcher his his last name but it's crick philippe Philippe. yeah yeah, yeah. he he what year did he run he ran pro 2 and uh man i forget the year he hasn't he has 2016 2017 maybe even 2018 uh i know he did like three years i philippe philippe God damn it. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Get, uh, like, I don't know. I don't, yes, exactly. That, yeah. thing was, that thing was a monster. I don't know him personally. So uh-huh. I, I, I don't get, I just hear other people say it. So I don't ever know what to go with. Uh, forgive me, man, if you're listening. But uh, uh, I remember one year uh, before Winter Jam was a shootout, like an official FD license shootout, it was still a vibe where Matt Field and like, Odie Bakchis and you know a lot of other high-level guys would still come drive the competition, and the theme was kind of like grassroots hometown heroes versus the pros, and that's kind of like how it was promoted. Uh, I remember one year Crick was at the old run-up that's mm-hmm. like a little bit longer, and I think it was for the it was for the final battle, dude. It had to have been it was easily over 90 mile an hour entry, if not like a hundred. Oh, but wow. he initiated in the chase position, like door to door, with um, I I know his name, but I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue. What's his name? It's not. It's not bright slide. It's not bright slide drift. I don't think it's him, but I think he had a similar car. It was like a gray camo. Um, I forget, dude, but it was crazy. Like, <laughs> I, it's just you see it, and he's just like on his door. It was like a hundred miles an hour. That it was, it was nuts. I've never seen. Well, I don't. I didn't attend Winter Jam this year. I was busy. I had life stuff going on. But yeah, it was uh, fun times. I miss. I miss that. I miss that guy. I think he's building another car. I oh, nice car. Yeah, I, I've been telling myself I'm gonna get to Winter Jam since I started getting into drifting, and I still have yet to make it to one of their events. Really? Yeah. Well, it happens uh, every year. Life happens. Life, life happens, man. And it's like I think a lot of people see we're very social media oriented in 2023. So I think a lot of people see the Instagram accounts and they see the cars, but you forget it's real people behind the wheel with you know real life experiences. And some of us are fortunate enough to do drifting full time, and that's all we do. And you know 
they get paid for it, and that's awesome. But a lot of us <laughs> gotta gotta take care of the responsibilities, you know what I mean? Before we can fire up the car, load the car on the trailer, and uh, and and head out and burn tires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's all good. Uh, this year is supposed to be a more seat time year, so keep my fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, you have a uh, you have a. a a, a Cadillac CTSV, don't you? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I have that. Uh, I have two, or oh. not two. I have oh. a okay. base model. As okay. Well. Okay. The base model did it come? It didn't come six speed, did it? There's no six speed version. Yeah, is there it? is. Yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah, oh, okay. but I don't. I don't. I don't have that one. I have uh, the five speed version. Oh, okay. So the first year and a half. 03 early 04 came with the jet rag that came oh. in the e30s um so oh. it's not a great transmission by any means um interesting it's a jet rag 260 i think okay and then the next one came with the same six speed that's in like the the later model like the 10th gen not the 10th gen like the fifth gen uh okay. base camaros okay 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 i always thought the the base model uh cts's they didn't that's interesting like i don't think i've ever seen one that's like five speed that's always like a ctsv or maybe people do the badge upgrade and don't tell anybody i'm like oh okay it must be a ctsv <laughs> yeah actually like i have the side skirts and the front bumper off of a v on my base model okay and you can't tell the difference okay yeah i mean the only way you're going to be able to tell is if you look at the brakes okay or if you notice that it's five lug and not a six lug uh, okay. Why do you think more people don't drive those? Because it comes with, it comes stock with for, for drifting, think, or just yeah, in general. For oh, no, just no, no, for drifting. Lack of support. Okay. Okay. Because it's a, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool car, and, and it comes. It's, it's a big girl. Like, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, man. It is a big girl. Do you feel the weight though? Because some cars you feel the weight and some cars don't. Like I always like lighter chassis. Like I've driven different cars, but as far as like a car that I know, I've just had the S13, which was, you know, I think S13 is like 2,500, 2,600 pounds. And then uh, this uh, FRS is about the same. And I like that light feel and the heavy stuff. Like I get it. And I, I commend commend the big body guys for doing it, but like I don't know, I, I like that nimble like quick like I like that nimble feeling. Like I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I think I think I I do know what you're talking about because I had a um, an E46 before this. Okay. And this thing is only probably weighs like 3,200 pounds with me in it. At least my uh, my. Oh okay, my, that's not that's not bad. My quote unquote comp car. Um, okay, but my uh, low power car is like a full weighted car, and that thing weighs like thirty five hundred pounds. Uh, that's not even terrible either. Yeah, okay. but that's without me in it. So I guess there's probably like a five to six hundred pound difference between the two cars. But there's also okay. a you know three hundred horsepower difference between the two cars. Exactly. So uh, that the big car feels light and nimble, where the small, where I mean. The V8 car feels light and nimble because of the power it has. Okay. But the uh, low power car feels like a fucking beast. Okay. Like you really gotta throw it in. Okay, that's fine. That's yeah. kind of how that's kind of how um, the FRS is set up. You really have to throw it. So, um, 
Oh, I got a perfect I got example. It. We have the same setup on the rear suspension. So you know when you go to adjust your toe and it adjusts your camber, or you go to adjust camber yeah, yeah, and adjust yeah. your toe? Yeah. Same fucking shitty situation on the Cadillac. Interesting. It's very frustrating. Interesting. It does um, take a minute to get used to. Interesting. Uh, I was driving. Uh, so one of the uh, one of the students that come out. He um, has a LQ4 swapped FC, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's 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 learning. He's getting a lot better. He, he drove. He came to almost all of our events. 2022, we did uh, five events. 2022, he came to almost all of them, and he got a lot better. Uh, the last one that we did in November, 2022, he threw me the. He's like, "You want to drive it?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll hop in," and. I don't know if you've been in this situation. If you haven't been in this situation, you definitely have friends that have been in this situation where you drive somebody's car and either everything is perfect and it's cool or it's not. It's the worst car you've ever driven. Like there's no in between. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, it's just either way, whatever happens, it's somebody else's car that they built. And if you wreck it, you better you know you you know you don't want to be in that position so i took it easy you know what i mean um whenever i hop in anybody's car or even if it's you know another frs i always try to feel it out even if it's as simple as me just like doing figure eights or whatever real quick just to warm up the tires Mm -hmm. just so i can feel the grip level and i can get like the torque response level and i can just feel the weight and i can kind of get acquainted with it um, I took this thing out on one lap, dude, and I got to the end and clunk, 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 clunk. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? Um, but, uh, long story short on the FCs, mm-hmm. uh, on the rear suspension on the knuckle, um, where the toe arm hooks up, it actually flexes and the bushing was designed to like move. So we're driving it he's driving it i drove it and when i clutch kicked and just put that power down and sent the torque back shit's moving back there and the axles didn't like it and it it popped an axle uh you reminded me of that there's a question yeah that would that would kind of throw me off too you're not really ready for those well it was fine the car drove fine it's just i broke it but i oh i didn't break it it's just with the FC, there's a bushing mm-hmm. that you can purchase the, to replace the stock bushing so that that won't happen. So then when you're on throttle or off throttle or whatever, um, your toe isn't moving back and forth. And the, axle, the axles don't like that. So, yeah, we, we popped one. But it was all right. We, uh, he had a spare and we changed it out and it was all good. Oh, that's always helpful. I, yeah. I just bought uh, an 8.8 setup for my, my V8 car. So I don't have spares anymore. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> axles are like two grand, man. <sighs> cheap. Are they? Um, how do how do the the eight the eight point eights? Um, what made you swap to that one? The eight point eight rear end. Uh, the so you know what the Pontiac Solstice and yes. like the that's the same diff that's that comes in the V. Interesting for, for the first generation, and uh, unfortunately. They blow up all the time. Uh, they don't necessarily blow up for drifting or like on road courses. The guys who really have a problem with it are dudes who are launching their car, um, uh, a strong shift into second, 
we'll pop it. Okay. Uh, that's actually how I broke my first one when I first got a car. When I first got one in like 2015. Oh, okay. I did a hard shift into second gear, and all I heard was a big bang. <sighs> yeah, it was nice. Um, <laughs> so it does it does happen. It's super common. Okay. Um, and then the Ford 8.8 is just the only solution out there. There's a couple okay. of people that make some parts for it. Okay. But, you know, the axles are just ridiculous because they're what the only people who make them are drive shaft shop drive shaft shop and that's like a two-month wait just to get those axles oh my goodness okay yeah um well that's that's the uh the catch-22 right do you uh do you build a car that is cheap and maybe doesn't have all of the bell and whist bells and like something might break but it's like you can just go to AutoZone or O'Reilly's or whatever and get another one, depending on what it is, right? Yeah. Or do you build something that's expensive and it's like if you break down on the track or just, you know, things happen, you know, somebody that you trust spins in front of you unexpectedly and it's just now you have to replace this thing that you worked so hard to get and it's like, ah, you know. It but, is uh, always a gamble. Well, with the FRS, um, the motors are kind of hit or miss, the FA20s. Um, and I only say hit or miss because I've had an excellent time with it. I love it. It's been so reliable. I drive it, you know, from my house to Thunder Hill about an hour, hour and a half, about mm-hmm. an hour and a half. Um, I beat on it all day. And when I say all day, I'm one of those people that I'm, whenever I go to the track, I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to work on something and I'm always trying to get like maximum seat time, you know, especially for the day or like for my money or, you know, maybe I'm drifting the next week after that or maybe I won't, you know, drift for another. So I want to make good use of my time. Yeah. Um, so it's like people got to like pull me out of the drive. Like, did you eat? Did you drink water? Are you drinking water? I'm one of those. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, but so, but I take it, I take it to the track and you know, it, it's, it's done. I think it's got a hundred and like 6,000 miles on it or like 108, but dude, I, I, I beat on it. I beat on it and it's, it's, it's been great. I love it. I haven't had any issues, but I've also heard stories, uh, where people, not the, not the newer models that are like catching on fire and stuff. No. I'm talking about like the first gen ones. That's uh, what I figured. Um, some people it'll, it'll, the engine, the motor will blow at like 50,000 miles. So I don't, I don't know why that happens. I don't know. I know there was like a valve recall, uh, issue. So maybe it's that, but, um, uh, yeah, dude, I love it. I take it to the track and people will get more cause it's not a lot of power and it's even like less torque. They uh-huh. really stayed true to, the 8.6 lineage where it's an amazingly well-balanced car even like i drifted it it, uh, my homies had to make me get coilovers because i just so i didn't drift for a long time so i started 2013 Uh and i drifted for a few years maybe three or four years and then after that just like life happened man and my uh the place i was living at the time 
it was kind of like a so it wasn't a house and it wasn't like an apartment but it's kind of like a i don't know if you guys have like the triplexes out there with like the alley or like the quadplexes yep the alley. okay okay so you kind of know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. so um, I was living there, and the 240, the S13, it wasn't running. Um, and because it wasn't running, I couldn't smog it. Because I couldn't smog it, I couldn't register it. And uh, it wasn't like the – it was some kind of like housing association or homeowners association or, or something. It wasn't even a fancy neighborhood, dude. But I think – because of the neighborhood it was, they just kind of like watch out for things. But they started putting stickers on the S13, and it was like, hey, we don't allow cars here or inside that are not registered. We don't allow it. Mm. And uh, they kept putting stickers, and they put a final one on there where it was like, we're going to tow your car. We're going to take it. I'm like, God. And I couldn't figure out how to get it running. And you see people on forums or just on the internet where they ask a question it's one of those things where it's like oh the car won't start and everybody in the forums or the comments or whatever are like oh well, did you try this well did you try this yes i tried that yes i replaced that and you just you can't find the issue it was it was one of those and uh i think i took it to finally gave up me and the homies just trying to fix it i took it to a uh, guy alan friend he runs night garage out here pretty good dude mm-hmm. uh he, he looked at it and he had it for like a day or two and he's like man i don't know why your car is not starting but you have like just trying to start it because it would crank he was like you have some like rod knock so what do you want to do so i just went and picked up the car but yeah i couldn't get it running so what i ended up doing was i posted it for trade or sale or whatever and uh, i ended up trading a guy for a E36. It was automatic, but it was uh, a 328i. Those things have power, dude. Even like stock, even the automatic. Like I felt it. Not like tons of power, but more than I expected. Yeah, um, aren't they like torquey? Like, they they're torquey. They're torquey. Um, they're more powerful than a KA. I don't know if. Uh, the VQ people are gonna kill me. Um, I don't. I don't know whether it's it's more torquey or faster than like a 350Z. I think they might be around the same level, depending on you know. There's like the 328 and there's like the 325, so there's different motors. But yeah. uh, those things, those things get up. But anyway, back to the original point. So after I got rid of the S13. It was years. It was years and years and years before I picked up the FRS. I think I, I picked up the FRS in 2019. And it was supposed to be the daily driver. Because I didn't want it. Like, I think a lot of people sell their cars. And it's like, yeah, hey, I'm done with that chassis. Or, you know, I want to get something else. But, like, I didn't want to get rid of my S13. Because life happened. I yeah. had so there was always that like hole, like man, I like I want to get another one. But when I had the S13, um, I was living that uh, I don't want to say dangerous life, stressful life. We'll go with that. Where my drift car was my daily driver, my grocery getter, my go to work car, um, and I I think that's how a lot of people start out, and it's really it's really fun, and you feel really cool driving up to work 
you know, slammed on coilovers with your welded diff and your arrow. You you feel good, especially you know, <laughs> you're 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 twenty twenty one years old. But yeah. when something happens, just drift cars take a lot of abuse. It gets stressful. So coming back around this time, um, I was like, all right, I'm gonna be smart. I'm gonna be an adult this time. I'm gonna get a daily driver, and then I'll get an S13. Um, but the FRS just drove so well, and it was so well balanced. I'm like, man, I'm sliding this thing. I love it. Uh, what do you have done to that car, your um, your FRS? Uh, not a whole lot, honestly. I have a welded diff out of an IS300. So mm-hmm. the IS300 diffs bolt. The first gen, first gen IS300 diffs bolt right up to the frs um the stock one is like a it's like a torsen lsd and you can slide it but i had a welded in my s13 and that was just that was home like i, I tried sliding the torsen and you can do it but especially like when it comes to like tandeming it just it's 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 difficult it's it's difficult so i pulled that out of there and i put the the welded is 300 diff in um and then i have coilovers um i have a little i don't have a hydro but i extended the Mm e-brake um that's pretty much it i drifted it for a long time just completely stock stock suspension everything would just a welded diff and that's it i think i even i did a uh i did a comp <laughs> i did a comp with uh with stock suspension <laughs> um but that, i think that's why i started saying it though like i love the reliability that i have and people will supercharge it they're actually uh one of the guys that come out to our guided pilot events he has like a, a 350 400 horsepower boosted uh um brz which is pretty much the same thing for anybody that doesn't know. Um, And he doesn't have a lot of issues, but he has issues. Um, I've talked to people who have boosted it, like like done turbo setups, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily they don't have problems, but like, you know, it gets hot, you know, they have to move the radiator away from the motor so it's like a little bit cooler. They like... Do the, they just do it, and it's just like I see them, and it's cool, and you have power, but I I love just being able to drive to the track, hot lap it all day, and when I say hot lap it all day, no overheating on like a hundred degree day, yeah, and oil temps are good, are solid, the water temps, and I love that, so I think I'm gonna keep this stock motor for the most part. Um, I'll probably do some headers uh and a tune and some e85 because that gets rid of the infamous torque dip um but other than that i'll probably either get like a uh like a vet like a um like a uh, like a c5 um my buddy has that the only thing that's deterring me from the c5s is my buddy alvin gideon he has one it's like wrapped um everything his motor he wanted to his motor the motor didn't blow but it was just it was on its last leg and he had to get another one and he was looking for another ls1 and it was so difficult to find one 
it was like he couldn't find one. Um, uh, what was I going to say? He ended up finding one eventually, but it's not like back in the day when you started around 2015 where like the, the V8 swaps and the LS1 started to increase in you know, popularity. Mm-hmm. And the selling point was like, oh – you know, they're so reliable. You can find them anywhere. You can find the motors at pick and pull. You know, if something, you know, blows, you can just go to AutoZone and, like, get the part for it up the street and be right back on the track, which I'm, I'm sure is probably still true. But um, if I want more power, I think I'm just going to leave this one stock and reliable for the most part and then just build something else. Yeah. Uh, the LS1s have been a hot commodities since they came out so yeah finding them is hard like you can you can't really find an ls now without paying a lot of money for it i mean you can do the ebay thing but a lot of people go with um the ebay thing what's the ebay thing <laughs> order, just, ordering one on ebay oh okay that's where you find it for sure um and a lot of those are like pick and pulls that just kind of pull the car, the car apart for the most part um oh. but i did notice that um but those prices range anywhere from like five grand because they're going to give you a whole complete thing. Yeah. And oftentimes when you already have a car, and you just want to replace the motor. You you mostly just want to replace a long block like you don't even want the oil pan. Exactly. You so, don't need the automatic transmission. And- yeah, you don't need all that shit. And uh, like right now, I have an LS2 in my. Uh, in my. Uh, in the Cadillac. Yeah. And one of, I have two of them. So I, I try to. Anyway, the V8 <laughs> car has a LS2, but okay. I actually, and some people may disagree with me, I actually like the 5.7 liter better really? um, just because of the torque curve and okay. the um, and just the, the pure sound of a 5.7. It is slightly different, and you can't really tell unless you know it. Um, okay. But in the, the Cadillac itself, they've always, because the first generation came with an LS6 and an LS2. They always okay. sounded slightly different. You can have the okay. same exact mods on them, but the the uh, LS6, I always liked the way it sounded slightly better. Okay. It sounded a little bit more rowdy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my yeah. opinion, but I guess it's just personal preference. And then it was also the engine I started. It was like my first LS car. And, but trying to find an LS6 or even an LS1 block um, is kind of hard. So, like, I have a 5.3 block <sighs> sitting on the floor in my garage. That I'll mm-hmm. most likely end up like having uh, bored out to a five point seven seven block, okay. but unfortunately okay. that thing weighs a ton. Okay. And, so what uh what what came what motor do you know what motor came in the uh like the suburbans and the Tahoes? It was either the four point eight or the five point three. I think it might have been the five point three, but I'm not one hundred percent. It's both. As both? Yeah. Okay. It's like the truck. Um, so, like, my truck came with a 4.8. Like, I have a 02 Silverado. Okay. That came with a 4.8, but I threw a 5.3 in it, and then just, uh, I just dumped the 5.3 tune inside the ECU. And I've had no problems, no check engine lights. It still passes smog legally. That's, that's, you, re- you read my mind. Uh, there's a, there's a guy who drives out here. His name is, uh, I think he, he, he drives, he, he drives the shootouts. Um, I don't know if he did this past one. I will not Winter Jam, but his name's Jerry Madden. He's a pretty cool dude. He has like a like a like a bright lime green um, S thirteen point four, 
I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he runs a V8 in that thing. And I was talking to him. I was like, man, my buddy, you know, he's he's looking for a motor. Do you, you know, somebody said that you might have a spare LS1. And he was like, yeah, but I sold that thing a while ago. He was like, actually, I put the five, I run the 5.3 motor and I hooked it up to like all the, the, uh, the LS1 ECU and everything. And he said, it's fine. Um, and you can find the 5.3s, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That's what he said. You can find the 5.3s are still out there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, you can go, that's the one you can go pick at the yard. Even the 4.8, um, they're essentially they're the same block. The only difference is the rods and the uh, stroke on the okay. crank. So okay. those are different. Uh, oh yeah, the pistons are different too. So essentially, okay. the four point eights they're the same size bore. So the the four point eight pistons will work on a five three. Same exact thing. Um, the only difference is the uh, five point three pistons usually have a a dome, not a dome. They're dished rather. Okay. And the four point eight is a flat top. That's okay. unless you find a quote unquote five point three high output, which is basically the flat top piston. But uh the two differences okay. between the four point eight and the five three is rods and um crank. And that's just because the stroke is different. Oh well yeah, that's that it. makes sense. That's the okay. only difference. So you'll it'll have the same heads, it'll have the same intake, the same manifolds, everything's gonna be the same, um, with the exception of the the crank and rods. I love that. I love not necessarily the V8, but I miss when drifting was what word do I want to use? Number one, it wasn't as expensive in various ways. Number two, it wasn't hard to find parts. Like, honestly, I don't i may or may not get flamed for this but the way that i like to like i like to go out and drive and i like to not worry even if it means i don't have xyz Mm -hmm. now if you're on a super 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 competitive level that's different but if you're driving i want to go i want to drive you know i don't really want to have too many issues I want to go and I want to have fun. I want to focus on driving, not like the car being broken. And everything is going to break eventually just because drifting is one of the most violent things you can do to like a motor, suspension, the chassis, all of that. But if something does break, um, I went through such a long period of time where I couldn't drift because I lost the S13 And it was just years and years. And it's like, I think that's something that people forget about. Mm -hmm. And you'll go to the track, whether you go once every three months or once every six months or every month or whatever. There's people kind of like you said that you're used to seeing. Maybe you said what's up to them last time or, you know, three events ago. But now you guys are kind of buddies. It's like, oh, hey, man, even if you're not best friends, you know each other. But some guys, those sometimes those guys will stop showing up to the track and it'll just be like, what's what happened to him? I don't know. You know what I mean? So going going through that period, those years of just not being able to drive, I hated it, dude. So building something or driving something that if something breaks mm-hmm. and I'm going to be down for like a few years or like six months or like a, I, I don't want to go through that again 
I don't. So like, I'd much almost rather given the choice. I'd almost much rather run the five point three. Um, I'm thinking I'm either doing V8 or I'm either gonna maybe do something with a VQ in it, like a like a G35 or something like that, just because. The original, because, like, the, my buddy took me for a ride in a C5, and there's not even, like, a crazy amount done to it. But it just, it's it's a well-built car. Chevy built that for racing. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's hard to explain, but he took me for a ride. And he's not even, like, a quote-unquote VA guy. He drove Hachis. That's how he started driving. He he drove a 100-horsepower Hachi and uh and um and Golden Gate Drift Pro Am against like Marcus Fry with his like <laughs> LS3 but uh he wants to he wants to be competitive so he he went and got the Corvette and I was like dang maybe I should get one but his boy as soon as he started looking for that LS1 I'm like <sighs> I don't know no I, there's I, so I, many <laughs> options it's you know it, yeah. and depending on like what kind of power adders you want to go yeah. I mean, you can make people are making a thousand horsepower with the five point thing. If I'm not mistaken, Jonathan Cash, um, he's running a five three. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, don't call me on that. I know for sure in the G thirty seven he had was a five three. Okay. Um, I'm not. I, I think this one is as well. But okay. Yeah, his is like a super or was a super simple turbo setup. Uh, yeah, just pushing a ton of power. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think if I if I go V8 in the nearest future, it'll it'll most likely not in the not in the not in the FRS chassis. I just if all hell breaks loose, I still want something just simple and fun that I can just take to the track and drive. And I also rent this thing out too. So uh, I probably rented it out to 2022. How many times? Probably not every month, but. Probably seven or eight times, and the reason I did that was not to get rich, <laughs> believe it or not, but it's just the barrier of entry has changed so much in drifting, even from when you started 2015. So when I set up Guided Pilot, I wanted people to come learn, but if they didn't have a car, I didn't want to have to tell them sorry, you can't drift, go and drop three to five grand, like at least, and then come back. Like that just, that just didn't feel good for my spirit, especially if you're younger and you're like, you want to come to the track and you're not trying to do stuff on the streets for the most part. And you want to do it the right way. Um, it's really disheartening to, to, to tell somebody who's 20. I mean, everybody's situation is different, right? But I remember yeah. being 20, 21 and there's just certain things at that point in my i'm 29 now but there's just certain things that that my you know at that point that i couldn't afford so yeah the money at 29 isn't the same as 21 i I get what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i I i've rented this thing out a few times and for the most part people just you know they're starting so we start them off in you know figure eights and donuts and that's not really too much stress on the car uh, but a few people have, have gone out and i'm there they take it out and i'm like all right you know let's 
before you take this out, it's a good practice anytime you hop in, you know, whether it's this car or a borrowed car, whether it's like a friend's car, something you're not familiar with as a drift car, just feel it out first. And they'll feel it out and then they'll take the full course and they'll kill it. I'm like, all right, cool. But I really like that because it gave you an opportunity to try drifting without that full commitment and a lot of people at that age maybe they you know have their own place maybe they don't maybe it's an apartment you know maybe they live with their parents and they can't store a you know there's just there's a lot of barriers and one of the biggest things i wanted to do with guided pilot is i can only do so much i'm only one person you know and i'm you know i'm not rich either but i wanted to do something and you know to lower the barrier of entry so people so more people can participate because i love this I, I love it and i want as many people to have access to it as possible yeah yeah uh what do you have any goals for this year for you yourself or the business in general? yes yes um so we learned a lot so as an organizer um 20 the end of 20 2021 all of 2022 was just kind of like my firsthand experience doing it i've always been on the driver's side and from the driver's side you know unless it's something huge like hot pit auto fest right you just show up to an event that you know an organizer puts on and it doesn't doesn't really seem that difficult you sign people up you put on wristbands you do a driver's meeting maybe watch the start line and it's like it's not that hard but uh, there's there's a lot that goes into it as organizers um depending on how much help we had i definitely had a lot of help but even with all my help i was still running around making sure because at our events we had the fun event where you can just show up and drive like a normal drift event Uh you know bring your car get some seat time um we had the instruction going uh, and then uh, for a few of the ones, we put on a little uh, what we called a practice comp or like a mock comp where it's really low pressure and it allows you to make mistakes. But in a real competition, if you make a mistake, you're knocked out or even if you're like no one's going to hold your hand and be like, OK, Lionel, come here. Watch this video. This is what you did wrong. You know, what I mean, and also the nerves, even if you're a good driver, I think my first competition I did was um, there was a series here in NorCal called Boo Series run by SS Auto Works mm-hmm. at the Stockton Fairgrounds. Um, they no longer run it. A gentleman by the name of uh, Rob Pasqua runs it now and it's changed name to outlaw but uh they did a competition it was my first competition and like i wasn't even that good i was still kind of like spinning you know what i mean i it like the people that could go out and do a new layout that they've never done before and get it completely down within like one to three laps that blew me away it took me like <laughs> like half to three quarters of the day i'm like oh finally i'm not spinning <laughs> yeah no but really. uh but uh yeah good times simpler times uh <laughs> uh but i did i did my first comp and uh we did qualifying and i didn't think i was gonna make qualifying it was just a top 16 and i think there was 40 drivers 
trying to qualify. I'm like, man, I'm not going to get it. Just because before I drove, I was already fans of the people I was watching. So I'm like, oh, this guy's running. That guy's running. This girl's running. Man, there's only top 16. Man, I'm not going to make it. Um, Without dragging the story on, um, I ended up qualifying 14th. Uh-huh. And there was just a bunch of people that I was like, wait a second, they didn't make it? But when it comes to comp, it's not just can you tandem or can you drive, can you do the layout or, or, or whatever. Um, the nerves set in. Everybody's watching you. The microscope's on you. So that's kind of why – that's another reason why we wanted to do the, uh, the practice comps, not only for feedback, but uh, just so you could get that competition feel – Without, yeah. I don't want to say without anything being on the line, but you, you, cause, cause the nerves are temporary. It'll happen maybe the first couple comps, but after that, you know what I mean? Depending on, you know, the level that you're competing at, it kind of goes away and you kind of have a system like, okay, I'm going to attack here. All right. I'm doing qualifying. Okay. I qualified. All right. I got to watch out for it. It's like, you may still get like a little bit of butterfly butterflies, but it's not like that first time. I get anxious just going because like, I haven't driven since what I went last year three times. Every single time I drove, I broke the car. Oh, no. This was my base model, but I think I've hopefully it's right this time. So hopefully I'm actually going this weekend. So hopefully it, it survives. Oh. But it's like um, every time I would go, I would get super excited. Uh, and then I would like fuck something up. But it still happens even at non-competition events. Okay. Because I feel like when I take um, my V8 car out, it's like a lot of people are like, oh, you have a V8 and you have a yeah. uh, a Pro-Am sticker on your fucking window. Because I did competition and I shouldn't have been. Um, okay. So it's like uh, it, it kind of I get in my own head about it and then I just start doing really lousy. But uh, this year I'm hoping to go in with more of a like a refreshed uh mindset of like i have no fucking idea what i'm doing and i need to stop pretending i do so hopefully this sense. year uh it that makes it goes a little bit better and i have now i have two cars that are running and i'm hoping that uh it can kind of all tie together soon that's awesome dude where are you driving uh what, what adams motorsport park oh, okay okay they do yeah. uh they do like a bi-weekly thing here oh, so. okay it's not it's not cheap though. I think it's a little cheaper to go to AVS. Like AVS is normally anywhere from like fifty to a hundred bucks, depending on who's throwing the event and how big it is. <sighs> Jealous. <laughs> um, but Adams is like basically they do like a an an hour long session. They have three sessions. Okay. And it's forty bucks a pop, so you're looking at one hundred and twenty okay. bucks for three oh, so for it's... three hours of driving. As opposed oh. to um, anywhere from fifty to a hundred bucks for, you know, nine to five. Interesting. Yeah. So it does. Okay. It's cool. It's a cool track. I do like it. I don't no, dislike 100%. it at all. No, one hundred percent. But the the financials there is just doesn't it doesn't make sense. But I get it. They're a small business and they gotta they have to pay people there that That's... work there because they're a full functioning track. Whereas like. Okay. Apple Valley Speedway just has a guy there <laughs> that that kind of like facilitates or like a facility manager. Okay. And then whoever rents out the track, they're the ones who are collecting the money. 
that uh, makes or sense. running the event rather that makes sense well it, it it comes back to that barrier of entry um in norcal we have we have the wednesday night drift at sonoma mm-hmm. which through like march through november um it was 40 bucks um i haven't been there in a while to be honest um somebody told me it's like 70 bucks now but i said that to somebody they're like i mean maybe they you know they didn't know what they were talking about but uh it's you know anywhere from like 40 to uh 75 bucks and you get it you, they start at four i believe or the gates open at four and they go all the way till 10 the only thing is is it's probably similar to the bi-weekly adams motorsports park simply because there's a ton of people there's a ton of drivers so and do they have um like concession stands open and stuff like that at sonoma yeah for the the wednesday the wednesday night drift it depends um there's no like dedicated snack bar yeah that's what i was talking that about sonoma mostly. puts on but there are individual vendors that show up from time to time i believe um for winter jam though they do for winter jam they they bring all they bring it all out Um, but but it's kind of like kind of like you said like sonoma raceway is a full functioning track as well so um they don't you know 50 to 75 bucks and by full functioning i mean full functioning go-kart track <laughs> just oh, wow, just for really? clarification, yeah, for the Adam. No, 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 no. Sonoma actually has a go kart track too. A lot of people don't know about it, but it's 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 tucked away. It's like tucked in like a really like I don't want to say far away area, but like you don't really have a reason to be up there unless you rent out one of the garages or you are doing the go kart stuff. So a lot of people don't know about it. But, Willow uh, Springs does too, but they're not they're not letting drift cars on there. Ooh, the the the, the uh, go kart tracks are fun. Yes, the that's what uh, uh, Apple Valley Speedway is, and so is Adams. And those two are really great. I really do want to hit Button Willow. I, I've heard uh, good things about that track. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to get down uh, to SoCal and, and do more events down there because you guys, um, probably not so much for Adams Motorsport, Adams Motorsports Park, um, but for Grange, for a day of driving – like 50 to 100 bucks thunderhill raceway and this is another thing i found out as an organizer um depending on the venue uh, even up north uh at like affinity and there's a couple more tracks up there in uh in oregon it's kind of like the same thing it's not really too expensive um but thunderhill as an organizer, um, Thunder Hill doesn't put on drift events. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like AVS, where like you rent it and you pay the track X amount of money, and then you try to recoup that a little bit through the driver signups, right? Um, I really wanted to lower the barrier of entry financially because that's something that keeps a lot of people from driving period and also a lot of people from driving more and getting more seat time to where they actually improve faster but based on just based on the price that the venues charging like i had to charge a certain amount i had i think uh 2019 
as doing 150. Um, and then 2022, we lowered it to 125. But those are like those are some thin margins and like people. I want to say people. If people don't show up, you're gonna be in the red. You know what I mean? The lower the price. You know what I mean? And it's just I think a lot of people don't um, see that part. Yeah. Um, and that's for the smaller pads. So at Thunder Hill, there's a small skid pad, and it's not small. It's pretty big, but it's just not the biggest. And then there's like a huge, 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 monstrous size skid pad. Um, and the lowest, you'll have deals every now and again, like crazy deals. But as far as the consistent organizers that are putting on events every month or every other month, mm-hmm. at least, uh, minimum 160, 175. And you know that's that's, that's at just Thunderhill? at Thunderhill. Yes. So Thunderhill has their big tracks where they do the SCCA and they do like the motorcycle stuff and they do like the the really big like fast open wheel class stuff. Uh, there's Thunderhill East, which is a three mile track um, that people drift on. Um, actually, Super D. New Year's Eve that they do every year that a uh, drift team animal style puts on. They do super D new year's Eve. Um, and they rent out the three mile and then there's Thunder Hill West, which is a two mile track and it's still really, really fast, but it's, it's a little more curvy. So it's a little better for drifting, but then they have the skid pads where it's just the concrete slab and, you do a course with like chalk and cones and stuff like that. I, I'm the one of those people that go around fucking up all the cones and ruining oh, it for oh, everybody behind me. You, you, it's you. Not yeah. inviting you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, That's why uh, I wanted to go to Adams and try to get some more seat time. And uh, Grange is like a good place to do that at because. When you do fuck up, you just go off the dirt. You're not, like, fucking it up for everybody. So certain tracks I'll try to avoid right now, okay. at least until I get a little bit more confident. That's uh, fine. So, like, we have Horse Thief Mile. Same thing there. You just go off into the fucking dirt if you're done. Um, which there's one coming up in March that I'm probably going to do in my low-power car. Awesome. Uh, I've been to uh, Horse Thief. Have you driven it? I have not driven it. How about a ride-along but... in it? Yes, yes, yes. That so, track uh, is gnarly. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. I like that one, and I like the uh, the streets of the streets of Willow. Those ones are. Those I ones haven't are, done streets of Willow. I think they might be. Well, I don't live in SoCal, so I, I'm sure you can imagine <laughs> how up to date I stay on about like you know Willow and stuff. But l- the last time uh, I went to ASB. Uh, not 2022, but 2021. Me and the homies, we drove down from NorCal to uh, to do ASB, and uh, I think were they doing the streets of Willows then? It's either 2020, 2021. I'm getting my years all mixed up. I'm getting old, man. <laughs> I can't remember, but I know they were doing some kind of maintenance, uh-huh. or they were doing some kind of like improvements or something on like the streets of Willow, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But uh, but it's it's fun, and I really like that runoff because at Thunder Hill, um, there's runoff, but the skid pad there's walls. Now the the big big the big big pad there's 
it's a little bit easier to stay away from the walls depending on the organizer and how they set up the layout for that particular day just because you can pretty much do anything you can think of with chalk and cones just because it's a, a flat square surface so you just you know you design it but uh if you hit if you hit that wall hard enough not only is your car done but uh if you move the wall thunder hill charges two hundred dollars if the wall gets moved from impact so then you have that too hey how do they do that like do they expect you to pay right away like let's just say you don't have it can you pay them later it's just it's a question out of curiosity they're they're pretty cool i think they've gotten burnt in the past where okay so for anybody listening in the driver's meeting listen to the rules some of them they have to say just because the track or just because liability or whatever, but some of them are like important. So uh, we work with um, Andrew and Amanda. They run uh, Drift SF up there. We work we work with them. We've done some stuff with them. They told me that they hosted an event uh, some years back, and one of the rules for the skid pads is no standing burnouts just because it's still asphalt that's made for the weight of cars and hard driving and like skids and all that. It's mm-hmm. not like concrete where it's going to crack and crumble under lots of pressure and load. But when you're doing a standing burnout, it's you're putting that like that like vertical load on and it digs grooves. It can dig if it if you're standing on it, it'll it can dig grooves into the actual surface and they hate that i don't think it's happened too often i think it happened once but one guy did it he just did a run he spun and i think he's he, he spun out again and he was just mad he was frustrated so he spun out and when he spun out the second time he just stayed on throttle for like ever and it was just like and he was just like burning it and burning it and they're like running out there telling him to stop what ended up happening was he actually did dig those grooves into the surface and the track came after him for two grand two grand better him than me (sighs) well I mean there's a lot that went to that I think like he gave them a credit card and then like he canceled it and then like I don't know, this is all like hearsay, right? This is all just a story. But then like they got he got him the money. I don't know. Anyway, um as far as like needing the money up front, it's only happened twice at events I've hosted. Um and both times uh the guys they were able to give me the money and they, they had it on them. Oh, but that's okay. something that but that's something we go over in the driver's meeting. We tell them like, hey, you know, have fun, have a blast, learn stuff. You know, you're not on the streets, you're at the track. There's safety, there's medical, you know, there's fire extinguishers. This is a safe environment to push your limits a little bit and get better, but be smart. You know what I mean? Cuz if you you hit the you hit the wall, they're they're not they're not charging me too much. They're charging they're charging you two hundred dollars, <laughs> and I, I hate it, dude. I, I hated that because when you wreck, um, I don't know if you've wrecked bad before, but 
when you wreck, there's just like a dread. Not only, oh, everybody saw me like wreck, but your car may be running, it may not, it may be fixable, it may not. You know what I mean? So you're already dealing with that. And then like as the organizer, I have to be the bad guy. And I'm like, so remember that thing we talked about in the driver's meeting? <sighs> I'm sorry, man, but it's not me. It's the track dude. But I, 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 I didn't like having to do that. It wasn't. Uh, I know that Apple Valley Speedway does that. I don't know how they collect payment. I don't know if it's an immediate thing as well. Uh, oh. But I actually, that E46 I told you about? Yeah. Yeah, I put that into the wall at Irwindale, and I wrote that whole car off. Uh, oh, wow. What happened? Uh, I, I, I just <laughs> I, I broke an axle in the burnout box. And that, oh. honestly, remember I told you I shouldn't have been competing? Yes. This is why. Um, I broke an axle in the burnout box. And then I decided to ignore it because I was just so eager to drive. Um, but it, essentially, on the run up, when I went to clutch kick in, the car mm-hmm. wouldn't, I couldn't get the rear end to kick out. Oh, um, no. So you probably like understeered and like. Yeah, I went right into the. And I kept, you can, there's a video of it. And okay. <laughs> uh, I keep clutch kicking. And then finally, uh, for some reason, I didn't stop when I should have. I should have just like let off. Uh, but, anyways. Well, there's a lot uh, happening in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I learned from it. Um, but essentially, I went right into the fucking wall at like 70 miles an hour on the oh, big bank man. at Irwindale. And oh, um, man. yeah, man, I wrote that car off right then and there. And then we all went to go eat. And I didn't think nothing of it. Right? I'm a very passive person. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm that way, too. Yeah. Like when shit, I, I'm a very much a shit happens person. So I was like, yes. fuck it. And then I remember we went to go eat and I was scrolling through my phone and that's when the Cadillac was for sale. And it had already been a drift car. And the guy was like, hey, I know you just crashed, but this thing's still for sale if you still want it. So yes. I ended up going get a, a caged car for like 1500 bucks. What? Yeah. Uh, it was, it was it's not a it's not a great cage by any means. Um, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But it, it needs to be torn out. But essentially, I. I got the car for like twenty five hundred bucks. That includes like my trip up there oh, to go wow. pick it up because oh, I got it out of uh, Oregon. Oh wow! Okay, that's awesome. Um, I wanted to say something earlier, but I I think <sighs> I got I got to talking and I and I missed my point. Um, that's a very real thing. Like I think there's pressure when you compete or when you go to drive, especially if you're at a certain driving level or you have certain stickers on your car or even if you've driven before, but like it's been a long time, um, drifting happens really fast. Um, if you like, if for anybody listening, if you ever watch like a really intense tandem battle, those guys are reacting fast. And I don't want to say it's faster than you can think, but a lot of their reactions are because they've been in those situations before and it's like muscle memory. So even if you are whatever level of driver, if you haven't driven in a long time, you have to not rebuild that muscle memory back up, but you kind of have to like get, it's still there, but you kind of have to like get reacquainted with it. You do. What I, what, what I like to do 
is um, if I haven't driven in a while or like maybe I changed something on the car or maybe it's just like the layout is something I haven't encountered before. And I'm like, mm, let's see how this goes. Um, I'm a passive person in the sense where it's like, ah, stuff happens. Um, but I'm also that way, or at least I try to be, I'm human being just like everybody else. I try not to let people, I don't want to say let them judge me, but I try not to let that affect me. So even if it's a whatever competition or whatever, I literally will just start from the start line and just go single or whatever and just drive it. Like I won't even kick it out or anything. I'll just drive it fast and aggressive just so I can get the layout in my mind. So I kind of already know what I'm getting into. And I may do that, you know, twice, three times, just like, I'll just grip it. I'll just grip it just so I can get a full understanding of the layout and what gear I need to be in and all of that. Cause you can look at it. If it's something you've driven, if you've never driven the layout before, you can look at it and be like, okay, you know, and maybe you see other people drive it, you know, when they're, they're testing or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, you should do this. But like, like a site lap. Yeah. Just like a site lap. There you go. Perfect. A site lap. And then, you know, I just, I'll just get a feel for it and I'll just take it one turn at a time. And then there have been points where I've been competing and I don't think I've ever done more than two or three. I don't think I've ever done more than two or three site laps. Um, but there have been times where I am taking it corner by corner and it's just something I haven't encountered before. Or even if I, you know, even uh, uh, I feel like what's also not talked about enough is depending on your gear ratio, depending on your power, um, especially with the FRS. I, they, it's, it's not super torquey, but when it's in the right rev range, it's awesome. But because we're in 2023 and car manufacturers have to think about things like fuel economy and all of that, anything below stock, if it's a stock motor, anything below like 5k is just, it's like dead. So how how much does that thing rev up to? Um, it revs up to, honestly, let me, I'm sitting right next to it. Let me look. <laughs> I don't remember off the top of my head. I try to stay off the rev limiter, but I'm going to say something and then everybody's going to jump in the comments and be like, he doesn't drive an FRS. Let me just, I'm going to just look real quick. I'll be right back. We're not that popular, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. It revs to 7,500. So once it hits that like 5K 5500 mark, something kicks in. Like it's like VTEC kicks in. Like seriously, <laughs> like the FRS um, it has like a really bad torque dip. So even when I'm attacking the course, I have to be mindful of my revs uh-huh. and be like, okay, I need to stay in the power band. Um, what's happened to me a couple times is I'll be competing against somebody with a lot of low end torque. They'll come in really fast, and I'll come in just as fast behind them, and I'll be like, because <laughs> they only has 200 horsepower, so I'm like foot to the floor, <laughs> clutch kicking. <laughs> um, but they'll they'll come in hot, and then they'll slow down. Not like a crazy amount, but they'll slow down, and then like I have to slow down, and then 
if my revs drop, um, depending on how much grip or the tire pressure I'm running in the rear, I may just grip up just because there's not enough power at the low end of the RPMs. No, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you got to keep your RPMs up to yeah. do anything. Yeah, for anybody that experiences that, you can play with tire pressure. Um, another thing you can do is if you're trying to run door-to-door with somebody and you have this problem, um, you may get in a situation where you're trapped. Because if you're like door-to-door with them and they slow down, you're going to have to slow down too, um, But it, on especially on initiation. On initiation, if you just give them like a little bit of space – it gives you room to kind of adjust. Like if they slow down, you can kind of slow down and just like hop on like the front brakes or just there, there's more room. But if you're like, door, it's like, it, it becomes like, a, oh shit. Like, why did you slow down? You have like 400 horsepower. Why did you slow down? <laughs> Keep going. But yeah, um, little things like that too. You got to be aware of uh, with layouts and stuff. So you know, I just, I just try to take it one step at a time. What, uh, what kind of tire pressure are you running on? What size tire? Okay, so I started running two twenty fives, two twenty five, forty five, um, two twenty five forty, two twenty five, uh, two twenty five forty, in the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, at like 40 PSI, which I loved and it was great, um, for a stock FRS, 225s, 225 40s or 225-45s, you're going to be gripped up in the rear, especially on brand new tires, but you will have a lot of side bite so you can throw the car. That's what I like to do. I Does like your to car toe in. in or toe out under load? Um under load yeah when you're on throttle in drift oh, no, no, do you no, tow no. in or does mean. the car yeah I'm, I'm thinking i haven't i haven't driven for i haven't driven for a few months so i'm trying to remember but uh it stays pretty consistent the toe doesn't get affected that much like i really don't feel it mm-hmm. at all um if it under under load if it toes out or toes in um i don't really feel it like it's it's not like um it's not noticeable at all Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So honestly, 100%, I don't even want to say the wrong thing. I, ca- I can't I can't tell you. Um, it may toe in, though, because running that grippy setup, I love to come in fast, and I like to throw it hard, and I like to stay on throttle, and I like to clutch kick. I like to clutch kick a lot. Uh, but when you're tandeming and you're chasing somebody, you can't always drive full throttle, full speed, because they may not be driving, whether uh, they don't have the power, or that's just not their style or whatever. And the first comp I ever did in this car, that's what happened. Um, a guy slowed down in front of me and I had to drop the revs and I just, I couldn't get the car back sideways because I was running too much grip. If I'm running single or if I'm leading 225-40 or 225-45s, perfect i love it i can just do my thing the car even put out a little bit of smoke and it feels good um but i actually stopped running that tire size um even at like 50 55 psi i stopped running that tire size for competition 
and I dropped it lower to a 215, um, 215 40, 215 45 in the rear, so that I had less side bite, but there wasn't as much grip. So if I was in a situation, the car would dead slide a lot easier instead of like hooking up and straightening out or just like killing the drift. Um, in the front, the car comes stock uh, 225 in the front, but I have the uh, the PBM angle kit on there. Um, not the full kit. The full kit's like 400. It's like $1,400 or something like that. Um, but you get still pretty, pretty good angle with just the PBM knuckle. I keep seeing PBM. That's how you know I started in uh, <laughs> in 2013. Part Shop Max. My bad. Part Shop Max um, knuckle and Part Shop Max outer tie rod. Um, what they didn't tell me is that running that setup. Hold on that the stop, thought one second. No one problem. second. No problem. PBM knuckle. I won't forget that. Oh, part shot max. I don't. I, it, I, part shot max. They used to be called powered by max. So then the acronym was PBM. All right. Sorry about that, man. My dog was like, they starts uh, walking back and forth, and he's like, if you don't open the fucking door right now, I'm gonna piss on your floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're like oh no <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i was like oh let me run out of here all right sorry uh the you were talking about the pbm knuckles and you, yeah, yeah, so you're yeah. just on the knuckle itself you don't have like their full front kit no the full front kit is like 1400 dollars. this was still like 700 ish dollars out the door for the knuckle and the outer tie rod but from talking to people that started with this setup um as opposed to starting with the full angle kit, um, they said they didn't, with this chassis anyway, they didn't feel that much difference. Mm. Um, so I just I just got the knuckle and the outer tie rod, and I love it. But what they don't tell you is these cars don't have huge wheel wells up in the front, and running stock wheels, um, I couldn't even get the car out of the driveway after installing it. It rubs so bad with the 225s. Oh, wow. So skipping all the steps, I run 205s up front on the stock wheel with a 50-millimeter spacer. And I don't rub. I, like, might rub a tiny bit, but not that much. I can Isn't 50-millimeter, like, two-inch? Yep. <sighs> Jesus. That's on the front? I... Aren't you? It didn't. It didn't start this way. Hello. No, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, it didn't start this way. I went down tire size uh-huh. and I tried the twenty-five mil first. I still rubbed so bad. What did now, uh, what did PB what does PBM recommend for wheel spec? Um, they didn't have a recommendation. Like if you go on on the site, uh-huh. um, I think uh, one of the guys that run our events. That with the uh, the 400 horsepower BRZ, um, he was looking at getting a GTEC angle kit, and he sent them an email, and he was like, "Well, what you know offset should I run? Like, what do you guys recommend?" And I think because of liability reasons or just not wanting, because like everything's different, right? And who knows if they know the specific like 
they just they were just like eh like it's different for every car like they there wasn't really like a straight answer so i had to i had to test it now what i would recommend to most people if you can afford it um run low offset wheels and it won't be that big a deal and when i say like low offset um the stock the stock wheels are like 17 by 7 i believe um with a plus 48 offset um without having to run crazy spacers or like a baby 205 tire up front um you should be for like a 17 by 8 17 by 9 you should be somewhere in like the depending on like your suspension setup too and your arms um some people will do extended control arms and that helps a lot too but even without that like probably the on a 17 by 8 17 by 9 you should be running somewhere at least uh below 20 offset if not like close to zero <laughs> without spacers i mean like without spacers so i'm probably going to throw some different wheels up front but i'm one of those guys like i said it's hard to pull me out of the driver's seat so I'd rather s- spend money on track time than. Well, that's been the theme anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some improvements this year, um, but I'm I'm always spending money on seat time and tires rather than building because it's some people have money for both, which is great. But a lot of people, you kind of depending on the month and your situation, you got to choose: do I want to drive or do I want to buy these parts? Kind of thing. That's fair. Uh, I would I would say that i i really do enjoy building the car my car i do have like other cars that i work on and and i i'll be honest with you i fucking hate working on those cars i have two cars (laughs) here i have a gto here right now and an old 1934 desoto hot rod some like fucking hot rod build that i think i saw that yeah as soon as those fucking things are gone no car is coming into this fucking house again i'm done with it (laughs) I mean, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind like managing a shop or running a, a business if I can like make a sustainable where I can have like a full time employee or something like that working yeah. on the cars. Yeah. But working on these cars and then like still trying to get my program together, yeah, it's, it's not sustainable. I mean, not that it's not sustainable. It's just not manageable with like the time. Like I still have a full time job. I'm a dad. Exactly. I have a girlfriend. I gotta fucking pay attention to. Like I have dogs. <laughs> like it is not fucking working out and you i gotta somewhat try to stay healthy and you know yeah, exercise or something a little a bit throughout the week it is not fun it's, um, it's a lot. uh back to your original question though yeah we we there there's some things coming for this year so we uh we did uh the small pad events all 2022 and mm-hmm. not only did we do the the smaller skid pad we also kept the same layout and that like all five events it was the same layout like the last two um we added on to it so we had the same layout but you could run like a beginner version and then there was like an intermediate version um and we did that for a reason because when you go to the track and you're learning and maybe it's your first time or your second time or maybe you just don't drive often at all mm-hmm. when the layout always switches you always have to start from zero especially if you're brand new like when i was coming up and i was learning still I would maybe get the track layout, if at all, without spinning, 
like half the day or like three quarters of the day or like the end of the day. So you feel good. You're like, okay, I transitioned here. I got the initiation good. Okay, got to remember to slow down here, stay on throttle here, clutch kick here, and you put it all together and you don't spin and it feels amazing. Um, but you almost have to start that process again once the layout switches. If it's like a skit where it's always changing. Um, but we wanted to keep the same layout so people could make mistakes, they could grow, and the next time they come to the next event, instead of having to start from zero, um, they could start from like 50%. They can just basically pick up where they left off and keep progressing. Because you know there's some I mean? famili familiar, yeah, I can't say that word. Yeah. Familiar, like, yeah, 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 I'm not even trying to say it. Yes, familiar. Air, familiar. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even try it. It's been a long day of yeah, talking. Uh... <laughs> but no, dude. So we're so instead of um, staying planted at one spot, we're gonna do. Uh, I haven't. I haven't said anything. I haven't said anything about this on the Instagram or anything. So if you're listening, you heard it here first. Um, we're actually gonna do a guided pilot tour. So instead of just being at Thunder Hill on the same layout for each event we're actually going to tour around so not only will that give you exposure to different layouts it'll also give you exposure to different organizers and different communities and you know different track setups and stuff like that give so, an example of like some of the places you guys are going to be going yeah we're not going to get too crazy uh, but we're going to do Definitely do Thunder Hill stuff for sure. Um, we have good relationships with Drift SF. We have good relationships with uh, they're they're an organizer uh, organizer Drift Apocalypse. We have good relationship with um, Drift Maybe. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll go around and uh, and and drive their layouts and and learn them and and build and you know experience you know drive with different drivers and stuff like that. And then we're also going to do uh, Stockton uh, Outlaw. That okay. I mentioned earlier. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna do that. Um, I'm not too familiar with uh, the northern northern Cali scene, so forget. No, that, that's okay. We'll do we'll do some Sonoma, some Wednesday night drifts too. So we'll uh, we'll all get up. We'll uh, it'll be it'll be their event, and we'll coordinate with them. But essentially, we'll have our own not a little click where we're being clicky and like, oh, you can't be around <laughs> them, whatever. You know what I mean? But we'll have our own focus group where you know you're getting instruction and all that but you're getting exposed to different layouts even if you don't do the whole layout drive like half of it or three quarters of it and just do that simple turn at the end if that's where you have to start that's fine yeah. it's all good um another thing that we'll be doing this year is i really really wanted to lower the barrier of entry of drifting financially, but because in drifting we don't have ownership of the tracks, uh, I believe Drift Panthera, I think they own their own. Um, and then their Formula D did around, oh, I'm having a brain fart. It's like a figure eight track almost. It's like a huge Formula D figure eight track. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they built that track specifically for drifting. Um, but on the financial side, I can only do so much when it comes to the cost of events. We actually did one event. Um, no one's ever done this before, before or since. No one's ever done this before. Um, there was a misunderstanding with Thunder Hill. And instead of, because uh, we had rented 
the skid pad like we usually do, mm-hmm. but there was a miscommunication with us and with the staff, and they had another huge, huge event going on, so they booked us. Um, but the same week, we couldn't do the event, and it, it, things changed. So they offered us, like, the parking lot of the west side, and they offered it at a discount. So it was so dope being, like, able to charge drivers 75 bucks um, for a whole eight-hour day of driving. And it was such a sudden thing not a crazy amount of people showed up but after i posted it it went crazy everybody's like where is this you're driving we asked if we could do it again like hey can we do the parking lot again thunderhill that was great people want to do it we sent them a nice little email and had you know put pictures of the you know people messaging us and dm dming us and requesting but uh they couldn't do it simply because the tracks have to adhere to certain like zoning and like the fire lanes and like another thing it was just concrete it wasn't like the asphalt built so there was a bunch of stuff so there's only so much i can do from that standpoint but uh we do have something coming this year i can't say yet but we do have something coming this year where you can start learning to drive for maybe around 40 bucks 50 bucks we still have to work out the pricing haven't completed beta, but you you can come and you can start learning drifting for like 40 i mean Depending on where you're coming from, you're still going to have to drive there. But once you get there, like 40 bucks, 50 bucks, maybe 60 bucks at most. But you can you can start learning and getting the basics down. Awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, we also got something cooking to uh, a brand new competition format. Um, never been done before. Never been done before. The other big initiative I want to take on this year is we did a lot of instruction in 2022. Um, And it kind of goes back to that thing I said at the beginning of the conversation where it's like you have a million ideas, but you have to pick one and focus on that and then move to the next thing. Um, Something I hear a lot of complaining about in drifting, I complain about it, I don't like it, is not only is there a high barrier of entry with cost, so you build the car – And you compete and you make it to the competition. Maybe you have a trailer, you know, maybe, you know, you, you know, live local. I don't know. But it it, it costs money to run. You have to invest money to build the car and you have to invest money to travel and compete and run at the events. But I don't like the return. So even if you win, what do you win? Do you win trophy? Do you win prize money? How much is that prize money? You know what I mean? I really like what the Drift League did recently. I don't know if you saw that, but the Drift League did a cash-out event. And I think that was really cool. I really like that. Um, we're not going to do the same thing, but we I do I do have a format. I've been getting a lot of good feedback, and we're going to start beta testing it. But we're going to bring a, a new competition style that pays. And you can get paid at different levels of car setup and you can get paid at different levels of a driving skill. Now, obviously if you're a beginner and you win the comp, you're not going to get paid as much as a super duper experienced driver with a lot more money invested. The the prize money is going to be different, but I really want us to start paying drivers dude i really want drifting to be profitable i don't want drifting to be this money pit 
trope where it's something that people make memes about where it's like you run up your credit cards and you're in debt and you should have bought a house or had a family, but you have a drift. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's healthy and I don't think it's sustainable. So we're, we're going to, we're going to start beta testing some things this year where you can compete. You have a better odds of winning than you versus 32 drivers and the payouts will be pretty good. So we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm excited about that this year. That sounds pretty good. Dude, awesome, I, I, I love drifting and I, I don't want to be one of those people that complain about what's wrong with it. I'm only one person. I do have a lot of help. I wouldn't be able to do anything I did in 22 without the help of Lex King, Ryo Connor, Alvin Gideon. Uh, oh, I love Ryo. Oh, you love Ryan? Yeah, he's yeah, been out here before yeah. too. Yeah, he uh, he he came out to a, a a couple of our events, brought the car. Um, he came without the car a few times and and did some judging for the uh for the practice comps. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a really good guy. Ryan's he's a good dude. Yeah, for sure. He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. I try not to put too much pressure on him, but when he has time, you know, uh, I, I like I like to have him out there. Um, I don't want to forget anybody. I had tons of help. Uh, my guy Antonio, my guy uh, Sonny, um, uh, ex Pro Am driver uh, Joseph Freeman. Um, I hate doing these things because you always forget somebody. But I, I, I had help. But even with that help, this 22, 2022 was our first real year going full tilt, and mm-hmm. we learned a lot. Yeah. Um, but there's a there's a lot of things that I wish were different or improved about drifting. Um, but I don't want to be one of those people that just doesn't do anything. And I just am in the comments like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, I want to actually do something. Dude. Complaining like most of the people do? <laughs> <sighs> people are human beings. and, and That's and fair. That's, bless that's bless a... them. But <laughs> I, I, I love drifting. I, I love it. This is something I want to be around and I want to do for the rest of my life. I, I love this. And I honestly, like, it's not just oh like the sport quote unquote i love the community dude like i like drifting is and you've heard probably heard people say this before but drifting is like a really 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 cool community and i want it to be around for a long time and i don't want it to just be around for people who have access to certain resources i want it to be available to everyone yeah. For the most part, as many people as possible, and I want more people to participate as opposed to – because what happens or what I've seen happen is people will get older, and, and drifting becomes just like a phase. or It's just like, oh, yeah, I used to drift. It was you know, that thing I did when I was a kid, kind of like someone talks about like skateboarding or like – you know, no offense to the skateboarders or like the BMX guys. No, it's I just, know yeah, yeah, and it's just it comes to a point where it's so expensive, and even if it is expensive, um, and you're not getting anything out of it, and you're in the red financially, depending on your life, you may have a girlfriend, you may, you know, have a wife, you may want to have kids someday, you may already have kids, you might want to buy a house, and like, drifting is not one of those upper echelon like that's not the origins of like if you look at the origins of drifting it's not like a upper echelon thing 
Yeah. If, if you're in a neighborhood or in a part of the state or whatever, most drift cars or most people that are into drifting, you'll find them around like the opposite of that. So people are just trying to live, like you said, trying to pay bills, trying to make sure the dog can get out without pay. Like we just have real life stuff going on. And as we get older, it's like at certain point for a lot of people, it just makes more sense to stop doing it. Yeah. Or just to do, you know what I mean? And I think I don't like that, but I think there's specific reasons why that is. You know what I mean? Um, but me and I get a lot of help from the community, whoever's willing to help. Um, I, I accept it. Like, I think we uh, we had a Swan Speed as a sponsor this year um, for our program. We also had Action Clutch. Um, but the main reason I was able to execute everything was I call them community sponsors. <laughs> they're not like companies. They're just they're just people that want to do good and, and help and they want to see drifting grow. And it's a, a I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's a lot of exciting things when it comes to drifting. Uh, but there's something that nobody talks about and that's progress. So whether it's at the formula D level or whether it's just someone starting out, you know where they started and you know what they're up against. Like they're kind of the underdog. So whether they beat that competitor that you didn't think they can beat or like they're spinning all day and they finally like complete like a full lap without spinning or understanding or what there's like an excitement. It feels good. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I see what you're saying. It, it feels good, dude. So, um, yeah, like excited for excited for 2023. I'm going to try to do as much as I can and try to definitely make this more of like a, um, not make it more of a business cause it is a business. I charge people, I collect money, I provide a service, but, um, it needs to be something that uh, runs a little more efficiently, if that makes sense. Like, I want to tighten up a lot more things and make it um, not more official, but implement more systems so that it can just kind of like, like, kind of like you said, like working on the cars versus being like a manager um, and having like an employee, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. But, but yeah, dude. Um. How are we doing on time? Uh, I'm actually about to end it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I normally only do about an hour. We're looking at about an hour and 45 oh, right man, now. Man, I told you I was a talker. I no, was. it's cool. It's cool. A lot of people <laughs> like the long episodes. Some people don't. It just depends on who you are. Um, how can people find you, sir, if they want to get in touch with you? So they can uh, find Instagram. Website coming soon. That's another thing. Website coming soon. But uh, for now... They can uh, reach me at Guided Pilot Official on Instagram, and that's Guided Pilot underscore Official um, on Instagram, mm-hmm. or you can email me at guidedpilot at gmail.com. Um, the mission that we're taking on isn't something that's small, and I don't even want Guided Pilot to be something where I'm standing on top of this hill or on top of this throne and like, look at me, I'm Lionel, and look at my... No, it, it's going to take so many people to make some of these things happen. So anybody that wants to help or be a part of the mission, just reach out to me. Awesome, man. Yeah. Alrighty, sir. You have a good night. It was a great conversation. Right, I appreciate you coming on. And so uh, just a heads up, this probably isn't going to release until mid-February. 
perfect. Okay. Uh, but I will tag you in it when I release it. And then, um, if you do, you have any videos and stuff like that of just guided pilot in general? Yes. So I'll uh, I'll will send you a couple things because I saw the the ones you put up for the other guests. So I'll I'll send you. Do you want something specific or do you want? Uh, uh essentially. So this is off the record. I'll. I'll kill the conversation but essentially what's going on is um i will be doing it 